It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Falling in love has always been fraught with risks. After all, intimacy requires vulnerability, emotionally, physically, or otherwise. It's no wonder many people hesitate before bearing their hearts to Cupid's sharp arrows. Enter dating websites and apps. These technological sensations continue to evolve as supposedly low-risk solutions to the dangers of dating. And on the surface, this seems convincing. They don't require meeting in person, providing extra time to vet each other as well as a practical safety cushion. And many of them only work if both parties swipe right on each other's photos, flicking away the sting of superficial rejection. With these safeguards in place, finding a partner from the security of your own home can feel deceptively innocuous. But cyberspace is crawling with its own breed of villains. Catfishers, romance scammers, and sextortioners lurk in every blue-lit corner waiting to rob your heart and take your money. And it's hardly any better outside your front door. Professional daters disguise themselves as genuine love interests. Then they ravish your wallet. If you think true love comes at a price, you don't want to know the cost of imitation. Welcome to The Dark Side Of, a ParCast original, a show where we will delve into the seedy underbelly of pop culture icons and historical events. We aim to expose the ugly truth behind cultural moments and public figures we hold most dear, proving that there is always more to the story than meets the eye. I'm your host, Richard. And I'm Kate. This is our fourth episode on The Dark Side Of Dating. The quest for love may seem like a celebratory, beautiful thing, but its romanticized image conceals all kinds of unpleasant truths. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. You can find all episodes of The Dark Side Of and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream The Dark Side Of for free on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type The Dark Side Of in the search bar. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help us. Today, we'll take a look at the sordid reality of dating scams. From emotional fraud to financial ruin, romance has a long relationship with deceit. Nothing has made this pairing stronger than modern technological developments. The innocent search for love is brimming with swindlers.
The poet John Keats once described love as a doll dressed up. Not only do humans tend to excessively nurture a new love interest, but we are sometimes tricked by a disingenuous relationship cosplaying as true romance. Even if the other person is a cruel mirage, however, the feelings of love are so real they can be detected by cold hard science. Falling in love lowers your serotonin, which assists in smooth communication between parts of the brain. People in love can sometimes exhibit serotonin levels as scarce as those found in people with obsessive-compulsive disorders. In this state, you become totally preoccupied with your love interest. Anthropologist and author Dr. Helen Fisher accurately describes it as an obsession. And she's not being metaphorical when she says love is the most addictive substance on Earth. In addition to messing with your serotonin, falling in love triggers a cascade of hormones, including oxytocin, known as the love hormone, which makes you feel tranquil and cuddly. It also releases dopamine, flooding you with warm, happy feelings. Sex hormones such as estrogen and testosterone come into play, as does the brain's opioid system, which blocks off negative feelings. These compounds rush through your body, giving rise to the fuzzy butterfly sensations of love. And just like that, we're hooked. In the words of pop star Kesha, your love is my drug. And when it comes to love, no one is immune, not even celebrities. In 2004, 16-year-old singer Casey Donovan went on tour after winning the latest season of Australian Idol. While traveling, she received a phone call from an admirer. The voice on the other end introduced himself as Campbell, an IT professional from Sydney. He said he had received Casey's number from a mutual friend. At first, Casey was wary, but Campbell soon won her over with his thoughtful questions. The first conversation lasted for over an hour. The phone calls continued, and before long, Casey had fallen head over heels in love. It wasn't long before she invited her new boyfriend to her house for a face-to-face -face meeting. But instead of Campbell arriving at Casey's house, his female friend Jade showed up. Supposedly, Campbell was too drunk to drive and had sent Jade in his place. Casey was disappointed, but the two women quickly became close friends. Whenever Casey wasn't on the phone with Campbell, she was spending her spare time with Jade. But as Casey and Campbell's romance persisted, so did Campbell's excuses for not being able to meet. He was always out of town, tending to a sick family member or taking care of a last-minute emergency. Meanwhile, Campbell began sharing a fantasy with Casey. He wanted her to sleep with Jade and describe it to him afterwards. Casey identifies as straight, but she eventually gave in to pressure from her boyfriend. She later described feeling dirty and uneasy from the experience. Then, in 2010, after six years of being in love with a man she had never met, Casey found a stray SIM card in Jade's room. It belonged to Campbell. As the pieces fell into place, Casey had an appalling realization. There was no Campbell. It had been Jade all along orchestrating a false persona in order to have a relationship with Casey. 
Phone dating scams like the one Casey Donovan experienced are nearly identical to internet dating scams or catfishing. This nefarious 21st century buzzword describes someone who creates a fictional online identity in order to bait a romantic interest. Catfishers inhabit every dating app, website, and social media outlet, ready to snare you with their lies. And while catfishers are widely loathed, today's average web user isn't totally off the hook either. In fact, catfishing as a practice seems to be the evil spawn of certain sketchy behaviors that most people are guilty of. In 2016, psychologists from Purdue University researched how honest people tend to be online. The results varied based on the type of platform in question. Sites like Facebook ranked highest for honesty because profiles are more likely to be viewed by close friends and family members. Still, only 16 to 32 percent of the people surveyed said they are completely honest on social media. Dating websites ranked even lower for honesty, followed by anonymous chat rooms and websites geared toward casual sexual encounters. The lies researchers came across commonly had to do with self-presentation, people trying to appear sexier, cooler, and more successful to their virtual peers. These deceptions can be damaging to other users, presenting an idealized version of reality that is impossible to live up to. But at least you can be cautiously skeptical of those glittering lives, right? Well, not exactly. Your gauge of how sincere others are online tends to reflect how you rank your own honesty. In other words, the more candid you perceive yourself to be, the more you assume that others are being equally truthful. This predisposes honest people to be more susceptible to lies, and the opportunities for fibbing on a romantic website or app are abundant. When setting up a dating profile, it's easy to fudge the facts. A whole menu of physical features, ages, skills, interests, and genders is on the table. Photos can be easily stolen, filtered, or photoshopped to give you the appearance you desire. With so much advanced technology, it can be virtually impossible to tell the difference between a real profile and a fake one. And besides getting to know someone in person, there's no way to verify that a complete stranger is who they say they are. But if it's a relationship you're after, why be a catfisher? Presumably, you'd like to meet your match in real life, and any lies will eventually unravel. What motivates fraud? In a survey by psychologist Eric Vanman, of 27 people who identified themselves as catfishers, the answers varied. Some wanted to boost their popularity online, while others were unhappy about their real-life appearance. Several were looking to explore different sexual identities, and others did it for escapism, the chance to embody a new and exciting persona. But catfishers aren't always chasing an illusory rush or a dead-end romance. Some of them are after cold, hard cash. There's a biblical saying, the love of money is the root of all evils, and sometimes love itself plants a nefarious seed. 
According to the Federal Trade Commission, Americans lost a whopping $143 million to dating scams in 2018. This was more than a quadruple increase over the $33 million stolen in 2015. This steady rise in romance fraud can be linked to the increasing popularity of dating apps. From February 2018 to February 2019, the industry grew by approximately 53%. Today, around one in five couples have found each other online. And by 2040, seven in 10 couples are expected to have met this way. And more people online will just increase the opportunities for scammers to do their worst. Everyone is easier to fool through a screen, but some are more likely targets than others. Age is often a factor. This could be due to the fact that younger people are more familiar with today's technology. They recognize what's normal and what's not. It may also be related to the fact that older folks can have a harder time discerning lies than younger ones, according to a lie detection study by the Stanford Center on Longevity. Regardless of the factors behind the trend, people between the ages of 40 and 69 reported romance fraud at more than double the rate of those in their 20s. There are also other factors that link the victims of dating scams. Age aside, they tend to describe themselves as romantics or risk-takers. Many of them believe in abstract realities like destiny or fate. And while women are slightly less likely to fall prey to dating scams, they tend to be more open about their experience than men. One woman has divulged a romance scheme that drained her of almost $1 million. In 2010, 52-year-old Debbie Montgomery Johnson lost her husband of 27 years to a sudden heart attack. The grief was crippling. Without him, Debbie's world felt bleak and lonely. Her friends encouraged her to try dating, but Debbie was skeptical she could ever find love again at her age. Still, after six months of depression, she decided to give it a go. She signed up for a number of religious dating websites, hoping to find someone who shared her faith and family values. Her profile was completely honest. Widowed, a mother of four, well-educated, and the owner of a successful small business. Debbie didn't know it at the time, but revealing her occupation was a huge mistake. Mentioning that you own a business or any other hints about financial assets alerts scammers that you have cash for the taking. And sure enough, Debbie matched with someone who seemed too good to be true. His name was Eric. His profile revealed that he was a British 53-year-old widower who attended church regularly. A photo showed a handsome middle-aged man in a baseball cap. Debbie was intrigued and her eyes lit up when she read his message to her. Just like Debbie, Eric was looking for someone his own age with a similar life experience. He missed his wife, but he was hoping to find a new and meaningful relationship that could one day turn into marriage. Debbie was hooked, and she responded immediately. Eric quickly replied. Little did she know, Eric was not who he said he was. He was a dating scammer who had honed in on Debbie as his next target. As the weeks turned into months, Eric would tangle Debbie in a web of her own emotions. It wouldn't be long before his needs came to light. 
And like a pawn in a game whose rules she didn't know, Debbie would unwittingly oblige. Up next, Eric tricks Debbie into the mistake of a lifetime. Now back to the story. In 2010, 52-year-old Debbie Montgomery Johnson finally took another chance at love. She had been widowed for six months when she joined the online dating scene, hoping to find someone who genuinely understood and cared about her. Soon, she met Eric, a 53-year-old British widower who seemed to have the same goals and values as she did. She had no idea that he was actually a romance scammer. Eric quickly developed an intimate rapport with Debbie, initiating the kind of conversations she missed having with her late husband. He drew her in even further by lavishing her with praise. He was always admiring how well she handled her grief, saying that she was such a good mother and such a good partner. As the emails flew back and forth, Debbie found herself pulled out of depression and positively giddy at the prospect of romance. She lived for the ping of a new email from Eric. Dr. Monica Witte, a psychologist at the University of Leicester, describes the kind of online connection Debbie was experiencing as hyperpersonal, more strong and intimate than physical relationships. Emails allow you to read what the other person is saying over and over, making their words increasingly powerful over time. In these circumstances, you easily form a bond of trust. Many people don't think twice as they fall head over heels in love with someone they've never met. Debbie certainly didn't. Everything that might be considered baggage in her life had suddenly become a bonus. She had found someone who really understood her. She had no idea that Eric was grooming her. He was too thoughtful, too sincere, too aware of her every emotion for her to question his love. And as the months ticked by, Debbie continued to invest more and more hope in a future with Eric. Little did she know, it was all a corrupt transaction. The first time Eric asked Debbie for money, she didn't flinch. He said it was for a friend who wanted to join the dating site where he and Debbie had met. If Debbie sent the $45 from America, it would arrive faster, and he promised to pay it back. It was a small request. Debbie happily agreed. A few weeks later, Eric had her set up a bank account for him. He was an international timber contractor, and he wanted his paychecks to be safe in the U.S. Then he claimed his bank was charging ownership fees. Debbie would have to front them since she had set up the new account. It was going to be $9,500. Debbie was uncomfortable, but she didn't want to make a fuss and put her relationship with Eric at risk. So she shelled out the money. As the months continued, Eric continued to give Debbie reasons why he needed more loans. Most of the time, it was business-related, in order to settle a fee or release a shipment from customs. These loans made Debbie feel uneasy, and several times she voiced her concern. But Eric always met her with thorough excuses and promises of their eventual life together. He even provided a photo of his passport and other forms of identification to verify that he was the real deal. 
These types of documents are extremely easy for scammers to forge, especially when they're just sharing them online and victims are predisposed to accept them as truth. This is the result of a confirmation bias. When you're in love with someone, you look for reasons to believe they aren't lying. You want everything good to be true. And Debbie certainly believed Eric. Over time, she became convinced that the money she lent him was a small price to pay for their future together. One day, his business troubles would smooth out and he would pay it all back. Then they could live happily ever after. Finally, after two years of affectionate correspondence and countless unpaid loans, Eric made his biggest request yet. He urgently needed $100,000 to clear a shipment from customs. At this point, Debbie had sold off some of her gold jewelry and reorganized her bills in order to accommodate Eric's needs. But she was already in too deep. Completely blinded by love and desperate to be with Eric, Debbie went to her elderly parents. They agreed to lend her the $100,000. Not long after, the couple was chatting online when Eric brought up the subject of forgiveness. Debbie was confused and completely unprepared for what Eric was about to tell her. His words sent her into a tailspin. His name wasn't Eric. He was Joseph. A video chat soon confirmed that Debbie had not been in a relationship with a handsome 53-year-old British businessman, but a young Nigerian man. In two years, he had scammed Debbie out of almost $1 million. Joseph apologized, but that was it. Debbie would never see him or her money again. Debbie had experienced classic romance fraud. Scammers like Joseph will tailor their online persona to you, their target, developing an elaborate backstory to gain your trust. Then they emotionally manipulate you. They lavish you with compliments and expressions of love, and then they become constant companions, responding immediately to emails, texts, and phone calls. This tactic is known as love bombing, a term adopted from the brainwashing practices used in cults. It applies to scam victims who have been inundated with attention and displays of affection. Over time, victims become so smothered by the situation that they don't realize how exhausting their relationship is or how much of their life is spent tethered to a screen. According to Nathan Wensler, a cybersecurity director at the Moss Adams firm, romance scams are very targeted social engineering attacks, effectively hacking the victim's emotions rather than trying to perform a technical assault. It's a highly lucrative scheme. In 2017, the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center reported that online romance scams account for higher financial losses than any other Internet-based crime. Of the people who came forward to report these losses, the median amount is $2,600. For age groups over 70, this number jumps to $10,000. Many people like Debbie have no recourse. Since the bulk of these scams are done overseas, the U.S. has little power to bring the perpetrators to justice. 
Joseph was far from the only scammer based out of Nigeria. It's a hotbed for online romance schemes. In recent years, a popular form of online extortion has emerged. It is known as the Nigerian Prince, or 419 fraud, named after the Nigerian criminal code it violates. Victims from all over the globe are contacted by a letter or email asking for a loan. It is, of course, sent from a fake identity. Sometimes the author even claims to be a Nigerian prince. He asserts that he owns a vast fortune, but since he is currently wounded, penniless, or otherwise indisposed, he needs your help to recover it. Then he asks you to send a fee to his attorney to help free up the funds. In return, you are promised a healthy cut of the riches. In reality, the author is a scammer or group of scammers. These miscreants typically operate through crime rings, extorting multiple targets at once and laundering the profits through U.S. bank accounts. Romance scams can be initiated from anywhere in the world. Eastern Europe and Russia are hotspots, but the majority of these scams come from Nigeria or Ghana, or from Malaysia and the UK, which have large West African populations. The trend began in the 1980s. It is seen as the result of rapid post-colonial developments in an English-speaking part of the world, namely that in places like Nigeria, the cost of living is not matched by job opportunities. For young African men to get ahead without connections, they must create a middle-class income for themselves. Cyber fraud has become a way to do so, and the birth of online dating multiplied its avenues. It provides ready access to people in wealthy Western countries, people with access to funds. Scammers refer to it as the game or browsing. Working out of internet cafes, they help each other develop narratives or skills to string along their victims. While romance scammers may seem like an evil byproduct of an increasingly techie world, this is simply not true. Scams such as the Nigerian 419 fraud are the evolution of an old romance scheme spanning back as far as the mid-1800s. It's known as the Spanish prisoner trick. You would receive a letter from a con artist, or confidence trickster, claiming to be a valiant political rebel imprisoned in Spain. The prisoner explains that he owns a fortune which is currently hidden in the false bottom of a trunk. The trunk is being held, along with the man's beautiful daughter, by the cruel mistress of a boarding school. He needs to pay her off in order to free his daughter and the trunk, but he doesn't have the money. You are then asked to please forward the appropriate funds to the address of his trusted servant who will be making the journey for him. In return, the prisoner vows to give you a portion of the recovered wealth. In some instances, he even promises his daughter's hand in marriage. You send the funds, but the so-called prisoner and his lovely daughter are never heard from again. In a time when marriage was still largely thought of as an economic contract, this trick would have been heartbreaking, not to mention financially draining. And while today's daters aren't necessarily looking for a bride, the fallout from a romance scam can be just as poignant as ever. Social isolation, suicidal thoughts, and even prison can ensue. When it comes to love, there is a lot to lose. 
Up next, the crippling effects of dating scams on their victims. Now back to the story. From chat rooms to dating websites to a plethora of relationship apps, the avenues for love have never been more abundant than in the last few years. But in this rose-colored world of possibilities, not everyone looking for love is who they say they are. Even the most reputable websites and apps are populated by romance scammers, ready to stash your money and break your heart. In some instances, you might even land in prison. One woman, Australian 55-year-old Maria Elvira Pinto Exposto, spent nearly five years in a Malaysian jail. Her crime? She had been duped by a romance scammer into being a drug mule. In 2014, Exposto made plans to meet up with a man who claimed to be a U.S. Army captain stationed in Afghanistan. They had fallen in love online and decided to meet up in Shanghai. But upon arrival, Exposto was met by someone who looked nothing like her sweetheart's pictures. He claimed to be a friend of her boyfriend and persuaded Exposto to convey a black backpack of her lover's clothes back to Melbourne. Disappointed, Exposto headed back home. But during a layover in Malaysia, customs officers noticed strange stitching on Exposto's bag. Further inspection revealed that she had been transporting over one kilogram of crystal meth for her boyfriend, who of course did not really exist. Exposto had been completely ignorant of the scheme. In court, she pled lovesickness as her defense. Prosecution did not accept this as a valid excuse, but in late 2019, they finally ruled her innocent. Exposto isn't the only person to report feeling lovesick. It's a mild term to use considering the amount of anguish that dating tricksters are able to inflict. Victims of romance fraud especially suffer from a hefty one-two punch because of the financial and emotional nature of these scams. On the one hand, they are traumatized by the sudden financial loss. The money they had essentially invested towards their future happiness is now gone forever. In fraud scenarios, romantic or otherwise, it's not uncommon for victims to report feelings of denial, self-doubt, and a perceived loss of social status. They can feel stupid, like they made a mistake that would have been obvious to anyone else. In the case of a dating scam, these emotions are further exacerbated by grief. Unlike most breakups where the ex-lover is still living, victims of romance fraud must grieve a total loss of the person they once knew. It feels like a loved one has suddenly died, even though they were a complete fake and the wounds of this betrayal run deep. Victims report feelings of shame, embarrassment, anger, stress, and shock at having been lied to. In this situation, you can lose trust in yourself as well as others. This is often compounded by the reactions of loved ones. Family members are often upset about the lost money, and friends who might otherwise be supportive during a breakup are frustrated that you fell for a lie. Not to mention, you may have already been suffering from estranged relationships with family and friends. Most victims of romance fraud have just emerged from a relationship that took up most of their time to begin with. 
The discovery of a scam can lead to increased social isolation, and some victims have reported suicidal thoughts. Last year, a woman in Austin took her own life after realizing that the man she had given hundreds of thousands of dollars was actually fake. In another study by Dr. Monica Witte, other victims compared the psychological trauma of being scammed to being mentally raped. Instead of being physically assaulted, they were emotionally exploited. Some do feel their bodies were taken advantage of. One woman, Judy, performed sexual acts on a webcam for her fake lover. He had repeatedly promised her that he was alone. But today, Judy isn't sure. She still replays the idea of multiple men watching and laughing at her. She compares it to gang rape. And Judy isn't the only victim to experience feelings of physical violation alongside a financial fallout. Billy, a 25-year-old tech employee from New York, was excited when he matched up with Kelly, a gorgeous blonde on dating app OkCupid. Billy would later say he had been going through a hard time. The fact that someone who looked like a model was interested in him was a boost to his confidence. The pair sent flirty messages back and forth on the app, and before long, Kelly asked Billy if he wanted to Skype. When Billy logged onto Skype, he was excited to see Kelly's attractive face smiling back at him. She asked Billy about himself and complimented him. It wasn't long before their encounter turned sexual. As Billy logged off Skype, he felt happy but stunned. He could hardly believe what had just happened to him. But before he had time to process, his phone pinged. It was a new message from Kelly. Her words sent Billy into a panic. She told him that she had taken photos of their cyber sex session, and she threatened to send them to his friends and family unless Billy wired her $800 immediately. To back up her claims, Kelly sent him pictures of their Skype conversation. She also messaged him screenshots of Facebook profiles. They belonged to people Billy knew, his sister, his aunt, and the company he worked for. Finally, Kelly sent proof that she was uploading the video to YouTube. Billy felt like he was going to puke, but his scammer wasn't even giving him time to think. She began counting down from 10. Billy told her to wait as he quickly signed up for a Zoom money wiring account. Kelly watched through a screen share as Billy transferred the $800. Billy never went to law enforcement. He was too embarrassed to report what had happened and too afraid that Kelly would blackmail him again. Later on, he looked up the bank account his cash was wired to. It was based in the Philippines. Kelly, or whatever her real name was, had probably been in cahoots with an organized scam group. Even though the person on the other end of the app had been extremely real, the person Billy thought she was had been a complete lie. She didn't want Billy. She wanted his money. And there was no way for Billy to tell the difference until it was too late. Since their inception, dating apps like OkCupid and Tinder have tried to rid their usership of these types of scammers. But while fake accounts like bots are easy for an algorithm to sort out, 
Real people who use the apps for criminal activity are not so simple to spot. More and more innocent users are becoming victims of sextortion, an increasingly popular form of fraud. According to a 2019 report by Barracuda Research, a data protection firm, one in 10 phishing emails are blackmail or sextortion. And like Billy, most victims of sextortion are too ashamed to go to the police. The erotic nature of the crime can make it uncomfortable to ask for help, not to mention the nagging conviction that you should have known better. It feels like you should have seen warning signs before it happened, or at least have been more careful. But the chances of recognizing a romance scammer can be surprisingly slim. In fact, you may have been on a date with one. While the majority of dating scams are done online or through apps, there are some fraudsters who easily walk among us. These scammers work offline, in the shadows of the real world, where they are harder to quantify. They're called pro-daters. Pro-daters, short for professional daters, are people who earn an income by going on dates. They operate similarly to today's escorts. The key difference is that their victims don't realize they're paying for the pleasure of the scammer's company. At a glance, they are reminiscent of the so-called charity girls of the 1910s who earned their dinners by going out on dates. But pro-daters aren't just after dinner. They may work alone, or in some cases, they may even have a network of associates who are in on the scheme. Their goal is to get you to spend as much money as possible. And they are nearly impossible to detect until you're on a date. For example, the taxi driver on the way to the date may overcharge you for the ride. The extra will go to your date. And your date may choose a specific restaurant because they have a secret deal to receive commission on the dinner bill. These outings typically involve some impromptu shopping. Your gorgeous date claims that they left their wallet at home, and you end up making one or more large purchases for them. Sometimes they even get a phone call from a loved one who desperately needs cash, which you, of course, will be asked to cover. At the end of the date, you go home, hundreds or even thousands of dollars poorer. Meanwhile, your date returns the merchandise for cash, and everyone involved splits the profits. While there are many variations of pro-daters, they typically share similar traits. They have great photos of themselves online. After all, dating websites are their LinkedIn. By phone and in person, they are extremely agreeable. They want you to like them a lot so that you'll give in to their shopping whims. If you haven't caught on to the fact that they're a pro-dater after the first date, they may agree to subsequent dates where they will continue trying to extract more money. Or they will simply move on. Many times, pro-daters are juggling multiple love interests at a time. The fond times you had together meant nothing to them. It's just another day in the business of counterfeit love. Love has always been a means to an end. But that end has changed rapidly over the last century, even the last few decades. Gone are the days when Westerners married for economic stability and children. Nowadays, everyone wants a Hollywood ending, to fall in love with their perfect match, even if it means taking a risk on a complete stranger. 
It's a risk that has rippling effects across the globe, creating new dating markets as well as criminal activities. From catfish to app abusers to cute dates that cost a fortune, as more opportunities for love blossom, so do the number of opportunists. So next time you meet a date online or in person, ask yourself one very important question. Do we want the same thing? Thanks for listening to The Dark Side Of. Next week, we'll be back to discuss the dark side of Valentine's Day. You can find all episodes of The Dark Side Of and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream The Dark Side Of on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type The Dark Side Of in the search bar. We'll see you next time. The Dark Side Of was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Aaron Larson, and Joel Stein. This episode of The Dark Side Of was written by Ali Wicker, with writing assistance by Kate Gallagher, and stars Richard Rossner and Kate Leonard. <laughs>